Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Today we're going to do a little segment on the Padres bullpen. Opening day is what, nine days away? Or not opening, opening spring day is about nine days away. So we're getting into the season here. Very, very exciting stuff. Um, And there's a little bit of stuff going on with the Padres bullpen. We're going to talk about our projections for who's going to start the season um, on the MLB roster. Going to talk about the depth. Both, both in the major leagues, outside the major leagues, in the minors, guys that could potentially come up and down throughout the season, stuff like that. Um, Going to also, the, the biggest topic that we'll be talking about tonight and we'll be starting the show off with will be Drew Pomeranz and his potential return on opening day. Um, and then we'll also just kind of get into, you know, some some of the ways that this Padres bullpen might be getting underrated. Um, I, I personally think it's a really elite bullpen. Um, when you look at, around the MLB, especially in terms of your, you know, your seven, eight, nine guys. Um, and especially in terms of your closer, because somehow Josh Hader has become a very underrated player. You see like top 10 closer rankings or top 10 bullpen rankings. And, and he sometimes won't even be on that list. Like, which is crazy because for maybe the past like four years, he was regarded as the best guy out of the pen. And what Edward uh, Diaz had, what, like one year, one year. No, is that, one good yeah, he's nice. I mean, he's really good. Don't get me wrong. And like, there are other guys, um, but like, I don't know, bro. I don't know how we just stopped talking about Josh Hader's like the best closer. So we're gonna talk a little bit about him, um, and then I think we'll, when we wrap it up, I think Chase is coming on in a couple minutes here. So we will make sure that uh, we talk about Michael Walker as well because I had a quick video yesterday, but we didn't really get into him. So we'll kind of t- like say our thoughts on him, and then I think we'll wrap it up with uh, we did predictions for the NL West last stream i think this stream we're going to do the nl east and the nl central so that's kind of our show how our show is looking tonight uh but let's let's get into drew pomerantz because we, we talk about this guy a lot we talk about him quite a bit oh if drew pomerantz comes back you know that could be such a big a big move with this this bullpen it could add a huge upgrade right and he never comes back and apparently it was ac i believe right isaac he was the guy that yeah, said that so AC said that he should be ready or is supposed to be ready at on opening day around opening day. Um, Isaac, do we do we believe that at all? Like at this point, like do we think that Drew Pomeranz actually will be back? If he's back, I mean they already said if he's back, he's gonna have restrictions on him. So um, that's to me that's a red flag in general. But um, I don't know, man. Drew Pomeranz is a really weird case considering we we don't know. It seems like whenever we get a good health update from him, like a few days later, there's <laughs> a few days later, there's there's a bad health update. A few days later, it's oh, he got a setback, something like that. Um, we know the immense impact he could make on our bullpen in terms of this guy could maybe give us the best seven, eight, nine, and not seven, eight, nine in terms of the lineup. Obviously, I mean like seventh inning in terms of Pomeranz or Suarez, eighth inning Pomeranz or Suarez, ninth Josh Hader. That could be one of the best trios and all of baseball mixing in tim hill mixing in adrian morahone um steven wilson you know all these other guys this could be a very formidable bullpen a top five bullpen i think that all really hinges on how good does or how does health really impact drew pomeranz because drew pomeranz makes a significant impact on the bullpen if he's if he performs in the capability that we knew he once could he was really good man i mean for a while he was our best reliever he was one of our best pitchers shoot a few years ago he was our best starter and he's he's what netted us a bunch of good prospects um so he's both started here in san diego and he's relieved here in san diego but lately it hasn't been very fun watching not even watching him hasn't been any good updates regarding drew pomeranz and i think the discussion is should the padres try unloading him to really make sure they stay below that luxury tax that they really seem they want to stay under from what the move for the moves they make, including Michael Walker really seems like they want to stay under that luxury tax is trading drew Pomeranz a possibility to be able to stay under that luxury tax. And maybe not only that, but acquire another player that maybe still helps you stay under that. Um, so there's a lot of things that go into drew Pomeranz's case on Will he be a Padre? Will he be ready for opening day? How much of an impact is he going to have out of the bullpen? This is one of the bigger question marks in terms of players alone when it comes to the Padres. Um, but, man, he he was really such a talent in, uh, you know, the times that we've seen him pitch in a Padres uniform lately. 2020, 2021, he was super good, man. Um, so that's somebody that I really hope we can see this year in a Padres uniform. Um, but, you know, it, I, I don't know. I've seen stuff. I don't know, man. I, I really like him, but I'm hoping that uh, 
I'm hoping we can see him. But if not, that's $10 million off the books. That's going to go towards a player that will make a big difference. And it's not like the bullpen took a step back without him last year. They were still a really good bullpen. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and also that's that's a good point too because like when, when we're looking at this bullpen and, and we're going to talk about all the guys like that are potentially going to make it and what you're going to find is there's going to be notable bullpen pieces that are not going to make the major league roster, which is a good thing. That, that's a good problem to have. You basically have too many guys. Um, but that makes a Drew Pomerantz trade a lot more likely. So maybe it's something too where like they just want to see that he's healthy, healthy. And if he is, then he gets unloaded. I also, Isaac... You know, he has the what, like a $10 million cap, I believe. I think that's what you said. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved and the Potters eat like five mil or something like that to, to go move him. Like they might still pay part of his contract yeah. um, just because he hasn't been on the field. So it's really weird to see what's going to happen with him. But if he's back, obviously that's a huge plus. It, it, it's fantastic if you have Drew Pomerantz um, in that pen and you have two really, really good lefties in Pomerantz and Hayter. That's disgusting. To go with to go with Suarez, that is so dirty. And then you still have Garcia. Like oh, oh wow. That is that is a ridiculous kind of two righties, two lefties to to close out games to you know seven, eight, nine. Six, seven, eight, nine, really you're you're really strong there. So I, I like the idea of potentially hanging on to him if he's healthy, but it's just so hard to look at it and go, oh yeah, this guy's gonna be healthy. That's the problem, and that's why it makes sense for them to potentially move him. But if he's back opening day and he's on this roster, that's going to be super clutch for the Padres, and I think it makes him a lot more dangerous. And especially like we saw last season, how important was was the bullpen in those in those postseason games? It was crazy. That was the difference in a lot of them. That was the difference in that Padres-Dodgers series is that their bullpen was better. That's really what it came down to. So if you have really strong guys and maybe he's – healthy sometimes throughout the season not other times and he is healthy at the end of the season that's that might even be worth it like to hang on to them so i don't know what, how to look out but I, I do hope he is back and we finally get to to talk about him on the field not talk about him oh is he going to be returning because we keep bringing that up so we'll, we'll see but that's kind of my overall thought with it um now i brought up the padres overall bullpen and kind of what they're projecting to start the season with and Right now, if I had to, to go through and see who they would have on the MLB roster, I would go with Josh Hader, Robert Suarez, Luis Garcia, Drew Pomerantz, if he's healthy, asterisk there, um, Tim Hill, Nabil Chrismat, and Adrian Morahone. That means that you don't have Stephen Wilson. Let's see who else you don't have. You don't have Jay Groom, Ryan Weathers, Brett Honeywell, Reese Kinnear, Pedro Avila, um, Anderson Espinosa, Julio Tehran, potentially. Like You have a lot of guys that are – maybe going to make the roster, but that's what you'd be going out with. So Isaac, my question for you is, do you keep a Steven Wilson or a Nabil Chris Matt? Cause that's kind of like that bottom end part of the bullpen, like that final spot, unless one of those other guys that I mentioned does end up emerging. Um, mm. And also another question with that, is there a guy that you think could potentially emerge over those two guys? Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to look at, the bullpen projections right now okay you're on fan graphs right yeah um i think i'd rather have steven wilson over nabil chris matt fan graphs has both um but yeah i, I do really like steven wilson over nabil chris matt crazy to say because nabil chris matt had a really really good 2021 um and if needed maybe he can give you some long relief innings some starter type innings if you really need him to but in terms of a relief role i think steven wilson can improve on last year i thought he looked very good last year um so in terms of who i'd rather have i'd rather have Stephen steven wilson i think this bullpen like i said earlier can be one of the most formidable one of the best bullpens in all of baseball barring drew pomeranz's health and his performance what if he doesn't perform to the to the expectations that we we hold him to um so it a lot of it really does depend on drew pomeranz but the rest I think you can safely say this is going to be a good bullpen. Tim Hill is a fantastic, I mean, maybe not fantastic, but he's a really damn good reliever from what we've seen. He's constantly come in and, and held it down. Uh, maybe not to start the season last year, but he's been pretty good otherwise. Um, Stephen Wilson showed up last year, did pretty well. Um, Josh Hader is one of the best relievers in baseball. Robert Suarez showed to be one of the best relievers in baseball. If we have to go away from, because I, I would assume maybe not full-time, but some of the time we know that we're in a rock of six-man rotation, meaning Seth Lugo, 
and Nick Martinez will both be a part of the rotation when it comes to, oh, we got 14 games in 14 days, you know, type of thing. We're going to rock a six, man, the same way we did last year. Um, but let's say that's not the case. Let's say we go back to a five-man. Then you now include Seth Lugo or Nick Martinez into your bullpen, and it just becomes that much better. So I think in terms of the bullpen, our bullpen doesn't get talked about enough. It really only gets talked about because we have Josh Hader. But I think when you look at the signings in terms of, wow, Robert Suarez really was a value for how well he did last year. Nick Martinez really was a value for how well he did last year. Um, These are going to look like very good signings down the road. I'm very excited to see how those go. But like I said, those are going to turn into one of them will turn into a reliever and it's just going to make the bullpen that much stronger. Um, So I am very confident in most or pretty much all of our bullpen options. And not to mention, I'm pretty sure you won't have to see Craig Stammen anymore. So um, that also helps your bullpen be really good. Yeah, 100%. And Chase is just hopping in here. So Chase, basically what we're talking about, we talked a little bit about like Drew Pomeranz potentially returning, um, but right now we're talking about the bullpen projections. One, like who's projected to start there and also like kind of performance-wise too, like who do you think is going to be good? Um, but the question I just asked Isaac was if you would rather have uh, Nabil Christmat or Steven Wilson to round out like that final spot in the pen, um, or if there's another guy that's not really projected to make the Padres bullpen that you think could be like, I don't know, potentially make it like a Reese Kinnear or Brett Honeywell or someone like that. Um, Anderson Espinoza as someone, but who would you rather have out of them? Or is there any guy that you think might kind of surprise in spring training? I don't know if this is going to work out. <laughs> uh, let's see. Just giving him a little bit of time. He's just, he's thinking. Chase's uh, Wi-Fi hasn't been too kind. <laughs> all right, Chase, Chase is robot mode. We cannot understand him at all. Um, okay, yep, he's just completely gone off our screen now. <laughs> It's all right. He'll he'll be back. He'll be back. We'll yeah, test I, it again. He yeah. He said it wasn't working too good earlier. That's why we were starting without him. Um, but yeah, okay. You talked about it. No more Craig Sam, and I I don't I don't think so either. I I feel like they they brought him in on that kind of like swing contract where he could be a like a minor league deal. It could turn into a major league deal. I, I mean, come on. With how deep this pen is, I don't think that makes any sense to keep him over one of these guys. Um, maybe Jay Gru makes it. I think in terms of you know, Nabil versus Steven Wilson. I would rather have Nabil. And there was some, there was some comments up here. Uh, Justin asked, do you see watch or Lugo uh, piggybacking or start or being a starter? Um, I think that's why I think Nabil makes more sense. He can come in and pitch two, three innings a lot more than Stephen Wilson can. I know Stephen Wilson does it sometimes, but if you look at his appearances compared to his innings, he pitched like 50 innings or he pitched like 53 innings and had 50 appearances last year. He's more suited to be a one inning guy. And when the Potters are using a six man rotation, which it seems like they're at least going to do at the beginning portion of the year. It's, I think it's better to have like that mid reliever guy that can come in for multiple innings. And I don't really think the Potters have anyone that can do that unless you have, you know, Nick Martinez or Seth Lugo in that role instead of starting. So that's why I like, that like that working out a little bit more um but like think about it like josh Hader, obviously he's closing suarez is in a setup role garcia pomeran's kind of in like setup roles wilson's usually a fifth or sixth inning guy tim hill same kind of deal more like matchup dependent right so you don't really have anyone that can eat up a lot of innings kind of in that mop-up role so that's why yeah chris matt's also out of options so they can't keep sending him up and down anymore which was Dude, that was huge when they were doing that the last couple of years because it worked out really good because they would kind of use the ebbs and flows of the season with how much pitching they had. Um, so yeah, we'll have to yeah we'll have to see how that works out. But I, I think that's probably the biggest battle in the bullpen um, in terms of roles. I kind of brought up the roles I thought I think they're going to have. Uh, you think Suarez is locked into that setup man role? Do you think if Palm's healthy, he could be there? Garcia, anything like that, or? What are you kind of thinking for like how their their like their roles are actually going to look come come the season? There are wow, you know, now that you mentioned the names, there are a lot of really good options for that setup role, even a closer role. Because Luis Garcia, 
maybe sometimes didn't look good in that eighth inning role, but he, he looked pretty damn good when he closed last year. Um, I think in terms of the setup role, it really depends on your situation. Let's say you're up two, three runs. That could easily go to anyone. But if you're up a run, if you really need to hold on to that run. Or let's say you are up two, but that next inning, the the heart of the lineup is due up. I think Robert Suarez has done enough to earn that eighth inning spot, that setup role. Um, I mean, shoot, in the playoffs, he held it down, man. The dude held it down for pretty much – the only time he didn't hold it down was when Bryce took him deep. And unfortunately, that's a Hall of Famer, so who cares? <laughs> um, I cared at the moment, but not anymore. Uh, so he's definitely done enough to earn that setup role. And like I said, you know, it's not anything against Luis Garcia or Drew Pomeranz. It's all going to depend on the situation. If the if the upcoming part of the order is lefty dominant, well, that wouldn't make sense either because Robert Suarez does really well against lefties. But let's say he doesn't this year, right? Um, if the heart of the, you know, the next part of the lineup is lefty, sure, throw Drew Pomeranz in there. And that's what I really like about the bullpen outside of, I mean, look, haters, your closer, whatever. I mean, you know, that's set in stone. That's what I really like about this bullpen is that you can basically throw any of them in almost any role out of the bullpen, and they should succeed. Um, they're pretty versatile. Obviously, Tim Hill is more of a mid-inning kind of guy, sixth, maybe seventh inning. Um, Nabil Chris Mount, same thing. Steven Wilson. I feel like Steven Wilson has the stuff to maybe garner seventh, eighth inning role, but he's not going to win it over those guys. So... I do really like the versatility that this that this bullpen does bring. And I think it's something that last year maybe we're looking at it as uh, I don't know how much of a strength this is for the Padres, the bullpen. I didn't think it was a it was a weakness, but it wasn't as strong as it is right now because Robert Suarez was still a question mark. We knew Luis Garcia was gonna be good, but he was still kind of a uh, can we really throw him into that closer role? So there were a few things that I thought or oh and then Taylor Rogers blew, but there were a few things that stacked up for the Potters to kind of be maybe not a mediocre bullpen, but maybe just a little above mediocre. And they ended up being fine. Taylor Rogers wasn't very good, but outside of him, I thought the, the bullpen was formidable, but it really started to become a strength down the road. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and that's interesting. Like looking back also into like last year at the beginning of the season, because we talked about that a lot, that didn't really feel like a strength. It was like, but that was also because there was no lefty depth. Yeah, none. It's just Rogers. It was like just him. Yeah. Um, because Morahone was still coming back. Like there was a lot of question marks. Now, like, what is it? You have Tim Hill, Morahone, um, potentially Palm and Hater. So if, if Palm's healthy, you got four lefties like that are definitely making that making your roster out of the bullpen. So that's that's pretty strong. I guess. Oh, I guess also one other guy. I didn't even think about it uh, for bullpen projections that could eat up, up up a couple innings would be Morahone as well, but mm. probably not more than two times through the order. And also, I don't know if you've noticed this, dude, but a lot of times he will look just ridiculous in that first inning, and they bring him out for a second inning, and he's lost. He had yeah. that happen a lot last year because when he got hit, when Morahone was getting hit, it was not like. Oh, like, you know, he had a couple of hits in this outing. He pitched two innings, had two hits, and walked the guy, but he didn't allow any runs. No, it was like he either went like six up, six down, or three up, three down, or yeah. he didn't get out of that inning. Like, he would get hit really, really bad. So, I don't know. And a lot of times, he would look great that first inning he came out, three up, three down, and then would, like, walk two guys and then allow, like, a two-run double, and then they'd pull him and be like, dude, yeah. that kept happening. So, I'm really interested to see what his role looks like because he's been talked about being a starter – you know, now now that's probably not going to be the case. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, let me check the chat a little bit, see some stuff. Talking about uh, who's going to be left down the odd man out of the forty man. I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look deeper into that. Like, because I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head like who might not make it. Um, no, nah, seeing I don't know uh, questions. Question about Hater if he's going to be back next year. I mean, if he's as good as we think he is and he plays like that, he could very easily price himself out. And yeah. I think that – I think we both agree, like, you don't give him a, a Diaz-type deal. What was it, five for 102? Edwin Diaz? Yeah, not, not, not for, for this guy, team. Yeah, not for this team. Not for a guy that throws – I mean, it would make sense for a team like the Brewers because 
you were heavily relying on Devin Williams and Josh Hader to kind of close out your games. But for us, we're trying to extend other guys. We're trying to extend Juan Soto. We're trying to extend Manny Machado. We got Xander Bogarts on the books now. We're going to have Fernando's contract coming, fat part of his contract coming up soon, in a few years. Um, so I don't know how much sense it, and shoot, maybe Jake Cronenworth is back. We need to sign starting pitchers. And you lost jack shit in that Josh Hader trade. Nelson Lamette's not with the Brewers anymore. Taylor Rogers is not with the Brewers anymore. The only person you lost was Robert Gasser. You basically, from what they still, oh, Estery Ruiz is not there anymore either. You basically, yes, you gave up all those players, but the only one they have is Robert Gasser. So, I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a priority to extend Josh Hader. I think he's a great player, but he can, he might demand a lot of money. And I don't think, I don't think we're best suited to give a closer money over the other guys that we want to give money to. So, nothing against Josh Hader. I'm looking forward. I'm so excited to see him this year. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, if he's back, I'm not going to be mad. Yeah, and, and and speaking of Josh Hader, I was talking about this before we got on, and I was like, all right, dude, we have to talk about this. How has Josh Hader just randomly become one of the most underrated players in the league? We've seen him be an extremely dominant player for like three or four seasons. He has one bad month last year, and then he comes back Looks totally normal. Looks as good as he's looked in, you know, in the playoffs before the playoffs. Stuff like that. He's red hot to close out the year, and he's not even brought up in a lot of top ten bullpen arm lists. That's absurd. So I brought up to you. I don't know if he would truly win this award, but like, could he be the comeback player of the year in the NL because of how he's just being like talked about so lightly? Like he's not a lock to be like a top three or five bullpen guy because that's what I feel like he is. I feel like a bounce back season is very clear, and I think he's going to be totally fine. And I'm going to take the the four year sample size over the one month that he looked bad when he closed out the season completely fine. I don't know. That's that's my thought. How how do you think about that? What, what do you think about that? I will say, his competition for comeback player of the year is tough on his own team. Um, whether the league wants to give the guy I'm talking about the award, I don't know, but. Um, outside of that, no, man, Josh, Josh Hader is a fantastic closer. I don't know where he got lost in those rankings, but I don't think there's more than a few, like five closers that are better than Josh Hader. Um, not, not even closers. I meant bullpen arms, relief relievers that are better than Josh Hader. You can make the case for Edwin Diaz. You can make the case for Emmanuel Klaus. Um, shit. <laughs> Who else? Um, Maybe you can pull up a list and you can show it. You could, you could see like the Brewers fans might say like, well, you Devin, know, yeah, Williams. Devin Williams, like, like he's he taking his role almost, right? Like you yeah. can see that, but like, yeah. I don't think they necessarily viewed him as a better player. Just like it made more sense to keep rocking with him. And also they're not really doing much. They seem like they're going to try to take, um, that they're almost going to take a step back potentially this next year. So it's weird though, right? Like it's weird how it's just like, ah, oh, Josh Hader, like whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's probably because I think the bias around him got worse because when that was all happening, the backlash against him was significant. So I feel like a lot of people kind of just looked over the success he had later in the season. Um, kind of like the same way I feel like a lot of people look at Adam Frazier's 2021 and says, oh, he had a good 2021 without realizing he was he was horrible with the Padres. He was terrible. And then he ends up being terrible wherever else he goes. Um, but Josh Hader has been a really, really good player for a really, really long time. Velocity was still there. His backdoor slider is still there. Everything, all his stuff, his con- it was mainly his control that he was having issues with. But as soon as they threw him back out there after a little break he had, he was lights out, man. I mean, everyone watched that Dodger series where in game four, he struck out the side in like, what, 10 pitches, something like that, maybe a little more. He looked mad. That was the best I've ever seen Josh Hader. Um, and, I mean, keep in mind, I haven't watched him too much. He was a brewer. Um, 
but in a Padres uniform, that was his best performance. He's had plenty of good performances in a Padres uniform after that little stint that he had where he didn't look very good. And the reason he didn't look very good was his control. But control's never really been a major issue for Josh Hader. So we knew we we knew that that was going to pan out. But there were a lot of things stacking up against him. The organization that he came up with traded him. Something happened in his family. There were so many things stacking up against him that it sh- I wouldn't say it should have been expected, but it, it, there needs to be some leniency in that aspect. And after he got through all that, after he took that time off, he became the Josh Hader that we know. You know, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited because I feel like we haven't really watched a super dominant closer on the Padres for quite some time. I feel like I feel like Keith Bell was up there for a couple years. Like he was really good. Obviously Hoffman. Um, now we didn't see a lot of Hoffman, but we did see the later days of Hoffman, um, which was we got to see a lot of that actually, which was pretty cool. So I don't know. I, I think see, having Josh Hader, I think it's super valuable. Um, and then, you know, we're talking about the contract stuff a little bit. I think it makes it a lot more interesting for like Suarez, for instance, if he could end up taking that role or the Padres like, dude, we can't lose Josh Hader. He was way too good. That's, that's what you want to have happen. Like you want Josh Hader to almost price himself off your team because yeah, that means yeah, that's true. like, ideally Josh Hader's like, I mean, ideally he's in another uniform next year because he was so good this year. I, and then, I yeah. Also, Robert Suarez was so good, so they were like, yeah, you could take that role. Basically what the <laughs> Brewers just did. Like, that's yeah, basically yeah. what you want to have happen. I see what you're saying. I, I was actually going to say, as far as the closers go, Kirby Yates uh, is one of my favorite closers. <laughs> that dude was good, really good. Fernando Rodney. He was good, but he wasn't, he was, like, dominant. No, no, he wasn't dominant. Was he an all-star that year? Yeah, he was. He was good. Um, no, not Josh Hader, though. Um he, he's not, yeah, he's not Josh Hader. Brad Hand, I see someone brought up Brad Hand. I see someone brought up Huston Street. You guys are bringing me back. <laughs> um, Fernando Rodney was what, like, there for he wasn't like here for half long. a season? Yeah, he wasn't here for long. But I'm pretty sure he was like, didn't, okay, was it here where he had like the zero ERA, right? I don't know. Like, for I, like I months? Remember. I want to say he had like a zero ERA for months. And then I think he got traded that deadline. Like he came in yeah, one year deal, got traded, and then that might have been the Chris Paddock trade, right? Ah, I don't know, dude. But he got traded, and then he was just like not good. Like he completely fell off for that team. And it was like, ah, oh, word. That was a fantastic trade. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the trade. Yeah, okay. Kyle says he did get traded yeah, for Paddock. Paddock. Yeah, dude. You, hey, I forgot that one. I didn't. I didn't remember that. I always forget that Paddock was traded for because it was like before and it yeah, wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like a oh my god look at the Tatis trade like where it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. joke it's uh, like more like all right, this guy's okay <laughs> like, yeah we, and he went up in the system too he was still developed by you yeah exactly he was a he was the phenom for like a month yeah <laughs> that didn't the phenom thing didn't pan out but um yeah what a time Craig Kimbrell um, it was all right. I didn't really like Kimbrel in a Padres uniform. He was like pretty good, but it was just like they weren't they weren't good. That was the problem. They weren't good and they had paid for him and they kind of overpaid for him. I do think that that really clouds my memory of that I mean that Padres team ended up not being very good anyway, but that kind of does that team definitely like the performance of that team as a whole definitely clouds any good performances that I might have seen out of that team whether it was Upton. I do remember Kemp uh, cycle. He wasn't he that was bad, bad No one talks about the fact that he was really not, not good. Like, every time I bring up Matt Kemp, my dad or someone else says, eh, he wasn't that bad. He was actually good. And I was like, I'm like, think- I, really, I really don't remember him being that good in a Padres uniform. So he was only there for, okay, he's only there for one a year. year. And a half. Oh, I guess a year and a half. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Ready? This is overall numbers in San Diego. 760 OPS. That's 108 yeah. OPS plus. Was he good the first year and bad the second? First year he had a 774. No, no, I'm sorry. First year he had 775. He was like a little above average. He's okay. That's the thing, right? But he gave hey, up he had 100 RBIs. He had 100 ribbies, 23, 23 bombs. Yasmani Grandal ended up being good. So I think that kind of also yeah. clouds my, my Matt Kemp memories. 
I do remember. Yeah. I think it was a cycle. I don't know if he hit for a cycle. I don't really remember. Um, no, he did. He did. He, he was did, a, yeah, he right. was the first yeah. guy. Yes, I do remember that. Um, but I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't very good. Nah, I mean, was it like he wasn't? Well, the thing is, we all watched the Padres play against Prime Matt Kemp. That's also the other problem. That, yeah, like, that too. So that made it a lot worse when you look at it and you're like, well, yeah, he wasn't like he wasn't the Dodgers. He was obviously a little bit washed. So, um, but yeah, all right. So okay, you didn't you didn't talk about the walk the the watch Waka deal. Cannot speak. Um, what do you think about it? I, I mean. There's, there was a lot of people that were very divided, and I'm not one of those people. I'm not divided at all. I could understand if you look at the metrics and you say, okay, he was a lot luckier last year than the stats show. I don't really care about that. We didn't, we didn't sign him to be the Michael Walker that got a three three two ERA, and actually looked pretty damn good last year. We didn't sign him to be that. We signed him to be a number four, a number five starter, and for additional depth. I don't think there's really a point of complaining about this signing because it's incentive-based. It's for no more than six to eight million per year. For a starting pitcher, did you guys see the amount of money some of these other pitchers were getting? Sean Manaya, Mike Clevenger, like a lot of these guys were getting paid. They were having fat paydays. And Michael Walker had a better year than most, quite a few of them. So I don't really think there's there should be really much divide. Yes, the advanced statistics don't show that, or show that maybe he was a lot luckier than than we think. Dude, sometimes it just pays off to be lucky. He'll probably be lucky at Petco. It's a lot easier to pitch at Petco than almost anywhere in all of baseball. Last year it was last year it was one of the easiest places to pitch in Petco was having a historic run of being one of the lowest scoring ballparks in the year of 2022. That could very well be the same this year. Who's to say that changes? Um, so I really do think that Michael Walker was a good signing. It was a cheap signing. It was a need. There is so much that there is a good amount of positive that comes out of signing Michael Walker. I could see some negatives if you want to lean that way, but I don't want to lean that way. It's also like, just, like you said, it's just not like a crazy deal. It's four years, $24 million. Uh, One of my friends who's an Angels fan, he hit me up. He's like, dude, I didn't see the, the Walker deal. That I don't know why. He goes, I don't know why he signed that. He goes, that makes no sense for him to sign that contract. Like, that's so cheap. And he, and he was just shocked that he signed that deal. He's like, he's not like anything like crazy. He didn't think it was like anything crazy special or like anything like that. But he's like, dude, he's like just a back-end starter. Where, like you said, it's like incentive based up to eight mil a year. Mania, for instance, got 7.5, and that's not incentive based. So, we just saw Sean Mania here. He was very bad. He was good for a little bit, but like, I, I don't think that his role is going to be that demanding either. He's going to be what a five or a six. I think they're either going to start Martinez at the four, I'm guessing. Maybe he's a four, even. I don't know, but he's one of your four, five, six in a six-man rotation. You're not going to ask him to be crazy. Last year, he had a 3-3 ERA and a 1-1 whip. They were like his best numbers in a long time, both of those. his Most of his other whips were like in the years probably were like 1-3 plus. Um, so he's allowing a decent amount of guys on base. Um, and he had like fours and fives in ERA. If he can be a four ERA guy, that's all you need, right? You're going to win a lot of those games that he starts in if he's a four ERA guy pitching six innings. That would be super clutch. And that would be definitely worth $8 million for the Padres. Um, so I, I like the deal too. I don't really think there's any, I don't think there's anything to be upset about it. Like, I don't know why we, why would we be upset, right? Like, you know, it's just like a cheap people contract. Like to, people just like to nitpick, which, you know, I get it. Um, who else, who else could you have got? You could have got Cueto before? That's the thing, like, no one. That's the thing. Like no one's available anymore. Why? I I wouldn't want Cueto over Waka. I have more faith in Waka over Cueto, to be honest. Um, Mike Clevenger signed for too much money and has this whole scandal against him. Sean Mania, oh brother, that dude stunk. That dude was really bad. And then it comes out that his work ethic de- 
declined while he was here. Why would they want to bring him back? What did he show to warrant being back? And I like Sean Manaya. I do. I like him as a player, but his, you know, his last few months in San Diego were really, they were not memorable because what happened in 2022 was we come in thinking, well, shoot, we got enough starters for a six-man rotation in you Darvish, Blake Snell, Mackenzie Gore, Mike Clevenger, Sean Manaya, who am I missing? Joe Musgrove, um, and then Nick Martinez. That's seven guys that you could have thrown into the rotation, but three of them fall off. One of those three gets traded. Now you're back to Nick Martinez goes back to the bullpen. Now you're back to three guys, almost the same way you were in 2021. So depth, 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 man. Yeah, you're building the depth right now. You got, I mean, yeah, Clevin and I sold the season. I really don't care what my, how my, like, give me a four ERA and don't blow what looked like a promising game for the Padres in the NLCS. I thought the Padres, after that first and second inning, I thought we're winning. We're winning. I was, I was damn sure of it. Little did I know. Little did I know. Um, I was fooled. So as long as Michael Walker can perform better than those guys in in the big time moments that we expect him to be, and and keep in mind, I really don't think this move shows or you know signals the finish of the product of this offseason. I don't think this is the finishing product. I do think AJ Preller maybe a move is not made, but I think he's going to try another move. And if a move is not made in the offseason, I for sure think he's doing something at the deadline. Um, so I don't think this is going to be the finishing product of the starting rotation. I think you have enough depth on offense to where if your rotation is maybe not lacking, but let's say you can use another pitcher because it seemed like last year having a fourth starter that was reliable really would have been helpful for the Padres. So I think getting another starter could help. Um, but you know, we'll see how it all plays out, man. I mean, I, I really don't think this is the finished product of the Padres. So, um, Michael Walker on that deal, it was a, it's a bargain for me. Yeah, I think so too. And and you know you're you're bringing up like just overall how it looks. I, I agree, and I also don't think this is. I think this might be the finishing pro- product for opening day, but I don't think it is for the rotation in terms of what the playoff rotation is going to look like, or you know what your what your post trade deadline uh, rotation is going to look like because I feel like that's one where. We know they're going to try to trade for another star pitcher. Like, they are going to do it. Probably a guy with, like, one or two years of control. And Corbin Burns definitely comes to mind. If you can somehow swing a deal for him. Got that right. You were easily the favorite in the NL, right? Oh, yeah. Easily. For sure. For sure. 100%. In terms of your roster. In terms of your roster at full strength. Yeah. Think of the star power on that team. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, that would be ridiculous if they could do that. And that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to have a swing like that. So, I don't know. I, I think it's a good move. I think it's very, very low risk. Like, if you're – there's no reason – I don't think there's really a reason to get upset over, like, these super low-risk moves. That That's my thought. Like, it's not – Yeah. It's not like it's, like – maybe if you didn't like – okay, because I've seen, like, some people don't like the Xander Bogarts deal. I personally do because I think they're going to keep spending. But some people don't really like it because the thought is this might have cost us soda. Dude, that's a fair take. That's a very fair take. Like, oh, I think we're going to lose Soto or Manny because of that. Now, I don't know if it's an accurate take. I don't know if it's correct. But if you you don't like it for that reason, I get the reasoning. I don't know what the reasoning is for this deal. Like, maybe they could have gone after Cueto. Like, okay, maybe I can maybe see that, I guess. Um, Because he only got 8.5 mil. But he also has pitched, like, he pitched over 150 last year. But if you look at, like, his previous, like, I think it's, like, four seasons. Like, he hasn't pitched too much. And he's what thirty eight. That's a little sus. So that's kind of where I'm at with that as well. Um, but I, don't know, I think that's that's all I got on walking. Anything else you want to add? No, man. Low risk. I'm excited to see what what he's going to bring to the Padres. Yeah, me too. Um, so yeah. All right. Let's let's wrap it up. We were doing some division predictions um, to close it up. I think it was the last episode or the one before. But we're going to do NL Central and the NL East today. So NL Central. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it I think it's pretty clear who is going to end up winning this division. Uh, Pirates and Reds, awful teams. 
the Cubs, they did make some steps. They got, you know, Dansby Swanson. They got Cody Bellinger, for instance. So they're Hosmer. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so they're, they're making moves, but I think they're about a year away. The Brewers, I think they're going to take a step back. They seem like they're kind of not fully into being competitive right now. So maybe not this year. Maybe they're going to be have like kind of a little one-year gap period and then try to be good the year after. Um, but the Cardinals, they, they have to be like the easy favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Cardinals. Not only because I do think they're the best team, but they're also the team in that division that's best suited to make a move at the deadline with their farm and, and, and what they got developing over there. So um, the Cardinals are going to be the easy favorite. I don't like the Cubs. I will say I don't like the Cubs. I think they're relying way too much on bounce backs from uh, on particularly one bounce back of Cody Bellinger. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm an advocate for Cody Bellinger. I do see a bounce back in his future, but maybe not with that organization. I don't think that organization is the one. Um, so I, I also think they they think they're getting something good out of Eric Hosmer. April, you're probably going to look at them as, damn, this team's good. Like, April, they're probably going to be good because Eric Hosmer is really good in April. Maybe the shift ban helps, but um, they're not getting anything positive out of Eric Hosmer. Dansby Swanson, good player. I am not a big fan of his bat. Um, I know he can hit for some power. I know he had a 30-home run season, damn near hurt 30 home runs, I think. But um, I don't think it's a bad signing. I just don't think hitting is necessarily one of his strengths or maybe not not one of his strengths but i don't think it's going to be reliable the whole season i don't think it's going to be something where you can look at him and be like wow he's going to be a good hitter with the cubs because he doesn't have as much protection as he did with the braves but um haas yeah haas is a cub kfc um but yeah the cardinals are the easy favorite the brewers Seems like they're going to be in unloading mode. I would bet on them being a hot trade deadline commodity come the trade deadline, whether it be for Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. Um, I don't really know if they're going to make their younger players available like Freddie Peralta, like Devin Williams. Um, I highly doubt it, but I think Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff might be on the market come the trade deadline. Um, and don't get me wrong, like the Brewers, if they still had a few more good hitters the way they used to i would still think all right this brewers team's still pretty damn good like i'll have them up there as one of the favorites but right now i don't see it um yes you still have a formidable top three corbin burns brandon woodruff freddie peralta i just don't think they're going to be a very good team because of the lineup i think the starting pitching will be solid i think they'll be in it throughout the first half maybe a little over first half of the season but i think it's all going to falter out um, so, yeah, definitely the Cardinals. Matt and I are probably on board with that in terms of who's going to win that division. And in, I don't really know if I see um, a wild card contender coming out of that. Um, I do think the Brewers are sneaky. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's a wild card contender out of that because I think, I mean, we're going to talk about the East, but I know one of my wild card contenders will be either the Padres or the Dodgers. I think we'll lock up one of those spots. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. So this is the weakest division in the NL easily. Like, I don't think it's very close. And also for the Cardinals too, like if we're talking about who's going to win the division, dude, the Cardinals also added. They added William Contreras. And I, I don't think – I think some people overrate Contreras a little bit, but like we're talking about a position in catcher where there is a lot of guys that are not good players starting. Yeah. Throughout the league. So if you have yeah. a plus at that position, that's already a huge deal. Yeah. And you're already a good team. And maybe Tyler O'Neill back, bounces back. Uh, Chase and I were talking about that a few episodes ago. They're going to be that much better. So I feel like they're the easy choice. Um, the Cubs are really, like uh, Devin said over here, the Cubs are a strange team predict. Dude, good luck, man. Yeah. That's the most wild card team probably in the yeah. NL, right? Maybe the Marlins? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I definitely do think the Cubs are one of the strangest teams to predict because there's just so much relying on a bounce back from Bellinger and a little bit of reliability from Eric Hosmer. There's the volatility of Dansby Swanson's contract. I think you're getting good years out of Ian Happ. I think you're getting good years out of, um, I'm trying to remember, Nico Horner. Like, they I need Seiya Suzuki to have a, a – Seiya, yeah. Seiya might have a good season, you know, like. 
I, th- I think there's upside to the lineup, but that's a lot of, I mean, I feel like most of the time upside doesn't really pan out um, in a lineup like that. And um, yeah, the Brewers are definitely regretting that for sure. And that's the thing with baseball, man. It's so weird. It's such a weird sport because at the time you really thought that that was going to be worth the money because come on back to back or the stretch run he had in the back end of I forgot what season it was, but into his MVP season was it was fucking stupid. It was crazy. It was so good. Um, now it's it's not looking like that, and there's a lot of things that factor into it: injuries, whatever it is. But um, yeah, that might be a contract that they regret. Back to the Cubs. Um, I completely agree. They are a very weird team to predict, and to be completely honest. If this guy's still on the team, the only starter I can think of is Kyle Hendricks. They got Stroman too, and they added Marcus Stroman. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they That's added because I don't even I don't I don't know what starting pitches they added. I haven't really kept up much with the Cubs outside of their their lineup additions. But let's see, let's see. I don't know if it's wait they didn't um no saying I went to the Mets. I'm stupid. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking that. I thought maybe he was linked to the Cubs. I think that's what it was. Um, Senga? Yeah, he, I think he was linked to the Cubs a little bit. Okay, they're starting pitchers. Stroman, Talion, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson. People like Keegan Thompson, right? I want to say people are a little bit high on him. Drew I Smiley. I, yeah, it's not very good. Exactly. The rotation sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're basically relying on your lineup to be like to completely carry you when it yeah. has question marks, which is not – a good recipe for success, I would say. Remember, the um, Padres thought their lineup would carry them in 2021, too. It yeah. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. Especially when you play at Petco. That's not the best idea yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, all right. So what about the NL East? I think the NL East is probably the strongest of any of the NL divisions. Who do you think is going to win that one? Phillies are your deepest team last year, and I feel like they're widely projected to finish third in that division. Um the Braves, the Mets, we saw last season, it was it was really, really cool to kind of see their race at the end. And even though, like, yeah. the Mets – because the Mets didn't fall apart last year, but the Braves were just that good, and that's how they ended up stealing that division. But this year, Isaac, who do you think wins the division, and how many playoff teams do you think are in this division as well? I think the Braves win that division. I am a fan of the Braves. I like what – I like everything about that Braves team. Michael Harris, Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albis, Matt Olson, um, Austin Riley. There's, I mean, Sean Murphy now. There is so much good into that Braves team that maybe they don't get talked about enough because the Mets got Justin Verlander. They got Max Scherzer. They got, um, they re-signed all their guys. But come on, let's be honest. They didn't really improve. I think the consensus outside of outside of maybe what Mets fans think. I truly do not think the Mets improved that much. I thought their rotation was better last year with their top three being um, DeGrom. I know he was out for quite a bit. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. That was crazy. But now their top three is Verlander, Scherzer, Senga, Quintana? I, I would say Senga, yeah. That's their projection. That's a that's a very that's a big wild card. And Senga has injury concerns, control concerns. You know, there's things that go into that. So I do think they downgraded in terms of their rotation. Um, whereas the the Braves, I don't feel like they downgraded at any position. I think Von Grissom, maybe he's not gonna be as good as Dansby Swanson, but you give him enough at bats, I think he's gonna be pretty damn good. Um, I think he's gonna be a solid player. So I don't really see any weaknesses in that Braves lineup. And shoot, history only shows that the Braves have kind of been doing, they've kind of been kicking the Mets' ass in terms of winning the division, consistently being good. Um, So I do think the Braves will win that division. Mets and Phillies are going to be wildcard contenders. Um, Ah, man. I thought the Phillies were really, they were really suited well for a playoff run. I could see why they may have faltered in the regular season because they didn't have such a strong back end of their rotation and they heavily relied on guys like Kyle Schwarber, um, Bryce Harper, 
uh, Nick Castellanos. And those guys really, maybe except for Bryce Harper, they they weren't hot all year. Kyle Schwarber was really good all year also. Um, but that was kind of a vol- volatile lineup for a while. Um, so I could see maybe why they struggled in terms of why did they only have 86, like 87, 88 wins, something like that, because of that reason. And their bullpen was also not the best. Um, I believe it was one of the lower 20s, kind of not lower 20s, but in the 20s ranked bullpen. Um, so I could see why they didn't do very good to start the year. Interesting, though. They did bring in Kimbrell. But I want to say he was, yeah. he was bad last year, though, right? With the Dodgers, yeah, he wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. they're missing Bryce this year. That's and they bring in they that's bring in Turner. Yeah. Obviously, the Turner edition is going to be really good right now. But missing Bryce is that's one of the the most impactful players that you could be missing. Also, mm-hmm. side note, do you remember that I saw that it was like a top fifty players list and Bryce was like, <laughs> bro, Bryce oh. was behind Real Muto, and he was like twenty five or something. Yeah, that, that, someone posted list and for everyone listening, someone posted this list of like top players. He was like 26, maybe. Bryce Harper was ranked the 26th best player. He won the MVP two years ago, and last year he got hurt. And when he was playing, he was a freaking monster. That, that makes yeah. no sense. So I, I see that argument of like why the Phillies might not be as good, but I still think they're a playoff team. I see a lot of people not like pre- predicting them to miss the playoffs. No, he's they're gonna still make it. He's so Bryce is out for a while. Bryce had um he had Tommy John, right? Bryce had Tommy John, yes. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he'll be back. He'll he'll be back like I think late season, mid to late season. Um me- but yeah, for the for the Mets and the Braves, I, I'm with you. I think the Braves are gonna win the division. Um lineup is just stupid. Freed, dude, Spencer Strider. I we've talked about him. He is in he is ridiculous. And then they also oh, have Kyle right. Wright. Kyle Wright was really good. Um, and they just consist they just consistently win win games. They also brought in uh the Angels closer, uh, Iglesias. He oh, was, and he was really good for them last year, like stupid good. Last couple um, years, honestly. I, I would bank on a bounce back for me and Anderson. I mean, that is such a good team, man. And they don't get talked about enough because they're not as big names. They're not the fancy free agent like Kodai Senga. Um, they're not the re-signing of Francisco Lindor, but that is a damn good rotation, man. Um, Spencer Strider has some of the best strikeout stuff in all of baseball. Kyle Wright. Wins is not a real pitcher stat, but he did get a lot of wins last year. He's got to be doing something right. Ian Anderson, Soroka also. That is a very – if you don't watch baseball the way us, we do, you don't know those names, but those are names that are pretty damn good. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I and the the Braves, I, I, like you said, the Braves have just kind of owned the Mets for a while now. That's the other thing. Like they just kind of consistently are. Also, they brought in Sean Murphy. Damn, dude, they just sneakily add. Like they they lost a guy. What did um, what did Swanson get contract wise? Like over two hundred mil, right? Seven years. I don't know if it was over two hundred. Let me see. Let's I'll see, check right see. now. Swanson contract. He got. 177 over seven. So almost $200 million. They lost there like that. And they might be better, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Because Grissom's good. Yeah. Michael Harris is probably going to take a step up. The biggest thing for the Braves, Ronald Acuna might turn back into the Ronald Acuna that we had seen through his first few years in the league. So that's the biggest thing that could happen for the Braves in terms of improving. Um, Ozzy missed some time, I want to say, last year. He did a um, lot. Yeah, but dude, this division is stacked. This division is really stacked because you got three really good teams in the Braves, the Mets. Like the Mets are really good. It's just I don't know if they're as good as the Braves. And then the Phillies are maybe not the best regular season team, but come playoff time, they're super dangerous. And they will. I I'm very confident they're going to make the playoffs unless unless they have like mad starter injuries like the Padres did in 2021. Same thing with the Mets. That that could happen. Then they're a little bit old, a little bit kind of like injury prone, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but that's also every single team almost. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, of course. I mean, realistically, you know, us going over these playoff teams, you could pr- really, you could probably see the same exact playoff, playoff, um, playoff teams as last year. Re- like, realistically, I'm, I'm not, you know, knocking what 
the Cubs did or shoot even what the Giants did. But realistically, the playoff field is probably going to look the same. Um, that being the Dodge, not, not this exact order, but that being the six playoff teams, Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals, Mets, Padres, Phillies. Exactly what it was last year. But, I mean, for everyone in the chat, for you, Matt, is there a team in the NL that you think, hey, maybe they might compete for a playoff spot? Because I feel like we've discussed all of them, and and I can't really think of one. Um, I would say if there's anyone that's like, okay, at least a team. Okay, the teams that get brought up. There's a few teams that get brought up. Uh, the Cubs, the Marlins, the Giants, and the Diamondbacks. Those are the four teams that most often get brought up as like, they, oh, they might make it. They might sneak in. I don't think the Marlins are. I don't think the Cubs are. I don't think the Giants are. And I don't really think the Diamondbacks are. But of those teams, the biggest wild card is probably the Cubs. Um, maybe the best star players are probably the Marlins. And then the most kind of like up and coming team is probably the Diamondbacks. So like, yeah. there's a way that they all could, but I just don't see them beating out one of dude, think about it. One of the Braves, Mets, Padres, Dodgers, or two of those teams, two of those teams, or the Phillies. Like the, the Phillies were in the World Series last year. Like we have to, like you got to give some respect. Like they're still a good team, even though they're not going to have Bryce. They added Turner to replace him for a little bit. So like, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to see. I think the AL is a lot more wide open than the NL. For sure. For sure. I do think the AL is a lot more wide open. We will talk about that eventually. Um, but for us, the NL is the only thing that matters until we reach the World Series. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I mean, yeah, the NL, the NL is going to, to me, it's going to look very similar, barring injuries, barring, you know, all that kind of silly stuff that goes on in baseball. Um, for me personally, I, I do think Arizona is going to be one of those teams that we look at might be in the race towards the end. Maybe they won't make it, but I do think they make strides this year in terms of, hey, you know, maybe there's a team to look out for in 2024, 2025, because realistically that that, that is a good team. They could definitely be um, – I don't think they're going to compete with the Padres or the Dodgers, but shoot, maybe they can compete with the Cardinals. Um, I don't know, but I do think they'll be there eventually. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that's all we got for tonight. Um, let me look at these comments real quick before we take off. Ace, Ace, ha haven't seen you in a minute, man. He says Giants are so mid. I agree. The Giants are really, really mid. Got some comments about the Diamondbacks, thinking that they can, they might make a jump. I think so as well. I think that's a possibility. Um, we are in the super team era of baseball right now, dude. I, yeah, do you agree with that. I agree with that. In the NL for sure. I mean, yeah. These teams are stupid, man. These teams are crazy. Also, Ace, we were just talking about that. I don't think he joined in time. Do read this comment, Isaac. This is like literally exactly what you said. Like word for word, I think. Yeah, you, word you for word, this. word for word, bar for bar, <laughs> stole my flow. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, I, I I do think Petco's suited for anyone except Craig Stammen. Uh Austin Riley's a beast. CJ Abrams looks swollen out. Dude, I hey, we talked about that, dude. He, he's eventually gonna he's gonna get some muscle on him. I still have faith in CJ. We talked about him for a while. We said, dude, he's like 18, 19. He's not gonna be the biggest guy in the locker room. He's never gonna be that, but he's not gonna be as big as he eventually will be. Um, no, I still for sure got faith in CJ. I think he's gonna pan out. What's I don't care though, because we got Juan Soto. <laughs> Last year. Oh, he wasn't. He wasn't too good on Washington. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> he played about the same amount as he did in San Diego. So, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I hope he balls out. I hope, I hope he balls out. Yeah, Ace also says, "Bro, I always miss the streams because of the start time." Dude, we're we're playing. I, we, we're gonna change that. We're gonna get a more like since baseball's starting back up again. We'll get back to like a, an easier routine than like randomly like, "Hey, are you guys ready?" Like in like a couple hours because that's kind of what we're rocking with. <laughs> And there's like nothing scheduled, so it's been a little bit chaotic. So apologies for that, but yeah, um, yeah. All right, guys, um, we'll talk to y'all soon. I don't know if we'll have a stream this week or next week, um, but next week I think we'll probably have a set schedule moving forward in some capacity, just because it's a lot more easier that way. Also for us, just because instead of being like, oh, when should we do it? Kind of like randomly picking times, but 
it's exciting. Baseball, baseball starts next week. Spring training guys are there, but games start next Friday. So not very long. And then we got the world baseball classic, which is I'm super pumped for that, but it in the football season, baseball season is basically here. Isaac and I both said we don't really care about the NBA season. <laughs> I know people that are listening probably do, but like, sorry. I, I basically only watch football and baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to watch basketball a lot, but. Me too. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you all soon.